Well, this morning, if you have your Bible, and I hope you do, turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17 this morning. We're going to ask the question, what do you follow? What is it that leads you? What drives you? What is it that you want to emulate and be like? When you have to make difficult decisions, who do you listen to? And I want to look at Jeremiah 17 this morning, but before we turn there, I want to do a little story time with Pastor Trey. Can we do that? Uh, a few weeks ago, actually a few months ago, uh, we were at Kohl's. Hannah and I were at Kohl's doing some shopping, and um, my son loves the Toy Story movies, just thinks they're the greatest things in the world. His favorite movies, uh, I've not got him on Princess Bride yet, so we'll deal with Toy Story for now. And impulse buy at the checkout, they've got a, a Woody doll that's about this big. He's plush, right, so soft and snuggable, and he comes with a, a little book with it, and I thought well, he would love that, and I couldn't help myself. I grabbed it, and I, I threw it with our stuff, and I brought it home. He loves Woody, and he loves the book, but you know what I found as I read the book is I don't like the book. I, I just, I'm like, this isn't a really good message necessarily. Uh, the problem is, it, it's a, a great message that our culture speaks and shares, and as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, I don't know that this is exactly what I want to be teaching him. And yet we've read it a hundred times. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read it to you this morning. You guys want to read Follow Your Heart by Woody this morning? You can follow along with me, see the pictures. Josiah, you might hear him reading along with it because he loves this book. It's called Follow Your Heart. Now I'll go ahead and tell you, if you've not seen Toy Story 4 yet, there are no spoilers in this, okay? So you're okay. Uh, Some of the characters from Toy Story 4, but it's a completely different story. So Toy Story chapter 4, Follow Your Heart, page 1. Here we go. Howdy, partner. I'm Woody. And I've been around the toy box long enough to learn a thing or two about life. Like, you gotta follow your heart. Isn't that sweet? Your heart. That's right, buddy. He should be up here reading this with me. Sure, it takes courage. And sometimes your head may say, don't do that. But trust your heart. Stick with it, and you'll see it always knows what's right. Your heart may lead you to unexpected places and back to someone who still holds a big chunky piece of it. At this point, there are no words on that, so normally I I shake the book like they're sliding. So there you go. There's your shake. And if you ever feel like you can't hear it, you may just need a new perspective. Look at that great big world. Isn't that a sweet story? you got to follow your heart. Hannah got mad at me because I, I very quickly changed one word in that story, and instead of reading to Josiah, you got to follow your heart, I started reading to him, you got to follow your Bible. <laughs> so that's not how the story goes. I said, no, but that's what I want him to learn, right? But we have this idea from our culture, you need to follow your heart. Your heart will lead you where you need to go. And it really is a beautiful picture. There are movies made, romance movies that sell millions and maybe even billions because they say, you've got to trust your heart. And can I tell you, there are a lot of things that I'm so thankful I trusted my heart on. We're going to talk about that this morning. I'm thankful that when my heart said, here's this woman I've gifted you, follow after her. I'm thankful I listened. And here, 15 and a half years of marriage later, I'm so thankful that I followed my heart after Hannah. There are other things that I followed my heart on that I regret. Uh, Things that that my heart said go and do, and I look back and I go, "I, I really wish I wouldn't have done that. 
And so, how do we know when to follow our heart and when not? And more importantly, what are you following? Should we trust our heart? Should we trust our own emotions to lead us and guide us through life? And what does Jeremiah chapter 17 have to say about who we are to follow? Well, let's read together a better story, if you will. A better story than Toy Story, follow your heart. Let's read Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 through 10, and Listen to what it tells us, what warnings it gives us, and what hope it gives us as well. Jeremiah chapter 17, starting in verse 5, says this. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He's like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He's like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear what heat comes, for its leaves remain free and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful about all things, and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. As we read this passage, we kind of see this picture painted. It begins with a warning, right? Cursed or or a warning to the man who puts his trust in man. And then it, it gives an analogy. Scripture's always painting word pictures. So to me, it's helpful to, to sit back and go, okay, we just read something. What is it saying? A person who puts his trust in other human beings is like a plant, it says, who is, is planted in a dry land where there's no water to give it nourishment. A person who puts his faith and trust in, in human beings and in, in people uh, is like a plant who has no nourishment. And it will bear no fruit. The warning is that that it will dry up and wither away. And then immediately he says, Blessed is the man who puts his trust in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. And then he says, It's like a plant that's right there by the river, getting the, the water that flows through, the nourishment it needs. And then it says, It's not afraid when the scorching heat comes, because it has all that it needs in the Lord. And then another warning Don't trust your heart, it's deceitful above all things. Instead, put your faith and trust in God who created the heart. So this morning, I want to look at the question, what do you follow? When we have tough life decisions to make, what are we listening to? Who do we pay most attention to? And of course, you know where this is going. And so the the third point in your bulletin, you'll be able to fill in probably already. But let's look at these first two warnings that I think are extremely important. If you have your bulletin, you can jot down some notes, follow along on the screen behind me. The first thing I want us to realize is that people will leave you thirsting. Putting our trust in people will leave us wanting more. Now, I feel like I have to do a caveat because at this point in my message, I already can read some of your minds, right? And it's okay to be thinking this. There are some really good people who give really good advice. As a matter of fact, I did a sermon not that long ago that highlighted our need for godly people to influence us in our lives, that we need to rely on others. It's important that we have other people that are speaking truth to us. And so 
For instance, in the book of Proverbs, we're reading through this month. Many of you are reading with me over and over and over again. It says things like, like uh, the man who's alone is, is cursed and without wisdom, but blessed is the man who surrounds himself with wise counsel. Things of that nature. Right? The, the person who, who listens to the wise person will be wise. The person who pushes away those giving good advice will will be cursed, right? There's this understanding that people are an integral part of how we grow and how we learn. But my question is not, do you listen to people? My question is, do you put your trust in people? And there's a big distinction here. It's one thing to listen to what someone says and ask yourself, is that true or not? It's another thing to blindly say, if he said it, it must be true. But one of the biggest dangers I have, and I feel regularly as a pastor of a church, is that I stand up here every week and open up the Bible, read Scripture, and all that I know and feel confident in, and then I have to explain it. And at that point, I step away from, this is what the Bible says, and I step into, and this is what it means. And in that area, I have a weight of guilt to make sure that I am not giving you my opinion, but I'm sharing what God is actually saying and teaching. With that in mind, every time I read from the Bible, you ought to be hearing, that is sure, and I trust that. Every time I open my mouth to explain it, I hope that you go, is that really what the Bible says? The biggest fear for me as a pastor is that what I say becomes truth. For many people, they listen, and because a preacher said it, it is automatically to be accepted. And can I tell you, even the best preachers in the world, from time to time, flub their words, mess things up, get it wrong. If you put your faith and trust in a human being, you will be left wanting more. It will never satisfy you. And so I I wonder, when we're making difficult decisions, are all of our eggs in the basket of, what do people think? The warning that Jeremiah gives is he who puts his faith and trust in man ultimately will be left like that plant sitting, drying, and withering away. So I I wonder if, if when we make difficult decisions, we can't trust with certainty the people around us. Who can we trust? Well, it leads me to that book we read, right? And this is what the culture will tell you. It's really simple. Don't listen to what other people say. You've got to follow your heart. Well, isn't that romantic sounding? It really sounds beautiful. Can I warn you that Jeremiah tells us, your heart will leave you deceived. Your heart will leave you deceived. As I was studying for this, I came across an article that didn't line up with what Scripture teaches in a lot of ways. And I enjoy reading all sorts of things, but I read it and it made it very clear that Scripture and God wants you to unequivocally follow your heart. Don't worry about anything else. If your heart feels it, you should do it. And it even referenced Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, that says, The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately sick. Who can understand it? And said, that verse, that verse does not apply to you and your emotions. You can trust your heart. I'm sorry, that's a person. And I'm going to listen to what the Word of God says. Here's what God warns me against. My heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. And it asks the question in verse 9, who can understand the heart? Have you ever had a decision to make in your life? 
and you had two really good decisions. You could make one or the other. You didn't know what was right and what was wrong. Nothing necessarily non-scripturally. It just was two options. We actually talked about this in our Sunday school class this morning. You had two options, and, and you didn't know what was right, and so you prayed and you prayed and you prayed. There was no clear answer. Which one do you choose? I'll ask you, which one did you choose when you come up with that? Typically, we will then say, I will follow my gut instinct. It's another way of saying, I'm going to follow my heart. You know, of all circumstances, that's the only one I can think of that's appropriate. Because, not that we're following our emotions, not that we're following our gut, but we have sought first, God, tell me what's right. You've sought the Lord. You've begged and you've pleaded, reveal to me what's right. You've searched the scriptures and there's nothing wrong with either decision, biblically. And at that moment, we're asked the question, what is my heart telling me to do and who can understand it? I've appealed to God, show me what to do. We can trust that in that moment, God is guiding our heart. Only, only when we've bathed it in prayer, studied it in scripture. Fortunately, you and I typically come and we have two decisions to make. Option A, option B. Option A is usually clearly the right choice. It's what God would want us to do. But option B sounds really good and we really want it. It feels good. It feels right. I've shared with you part of my testimony last week that there was a a church that Hannah and I almost went to after our our very first church, looking for another church, a, a large church in Ohio. And boy, it felt good. They came in and they... They spoiled us. They paraded us around, took us out to eat, showed us the town, and and let us teach the students, gave us all the good things about the church, and there was a lot of good at that church, and it felt like where we were supposed to go. Then they start discussing pay package, and I didn't get into this last week, but can I share with you, at my first church, I was working a full-time job on what amounts to a part-time salary, living in the most expensive county in all of Kentucky, and unable to live in the same town that my church was at. It was too expensive. So we drove 10 minutes away because we could afford it. It it just was a struggle for us financially, and this church gave us a pay package that was, I kid you not, three times as much as what we were making including a lot of perks and benefits. For instance, you don't have to pay medical bills anymore. When you get your medical bill, you bring it to the church, and part of your package is we pay it. I've never heard of that before. I've never been to a church that's done that before, and I think that's the only church I've ever known of that does that. And we looked at it, and we thought, that feels really good. You know, We could do this. It wasn't what God was calling us to do. I wonder how different our life would be if in that moment I would have followed my heart. I came home and Hannah said, I don't know, my gut and my heart, and as I pray, says the Lord doesn't want us to go there, and I pray that she would change her mind. Lord, change my wife's mind. He didn't. He didn't change my mind either, and when we called them and said that was not where we were going to be going, it didn't feel real good. I didn't have a peace right away. I, I mean, I, I knew I was doing the right thing, but, but my heart still said, look at this big church, healthy church, strong staff, multi-staff, Look, look at this youth group that you would get to lead. I was a youth pastor. Look, look at the money that you'll be able to make. This just makes sense. My heart said yes. And usually, in that instance, we, we follow our heart because it feels good and it feels right. Maybe it's in a relationship that you have, that you're in, and your heart says, I just, I love this person and I care about them. It's not healthy. It's not God-honoring. Maybe it's not within your marriage. Lord, I just, I feel like this is what you want me to do. 
I sadly have been a part of that at churches as well where our pastor felt led by the Lord to leave his wife for another woman. Felt led, his gut just told him it was right. I got to warn you, there are sometimes our heart gets it right, but I can't trust it because there are times my heart gets it way wrong. Jeremiah tells us, your heart will deceive you. It's exceedingly wicked, desperately sick. And it asks the question, who can understand it in verse 9? Verse 10, we get the answer. Who can understand your heart? It's not you. You can't interpret your heart. You can't control your emotions. But there's one who does understand it. Verse 10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind and give to every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. God says, I know your heart. Don't trust your own personal emotions and leanings. Instead, instead, put your faith and trust in the God who guides your heart. God will keep you flourishing. When you listen to what God has to say, you're now like that plant planted by the stream. By the way, there's all sorts of analogies with planting and fruit and picking and, and all these things in Scripture. Most of the time you hear about it being pruned and painful. It doesn't say planted by the stream means there will be no problems. It says, though, that when the heat comes, you won't fear. When the trial comes, there's a rock-solid foundation. God doesn't promise to keep the heat away from us. He promises to give us the nourishment we need to endure the heat. And God, following His word and His plan, will keep us flourishing. There are times that our emotions tell us to make a decision that we know is wrong. One of the things I hate about that book more than anything is that sometimes your head will say, don't do that, but trust your heart. I can't think of a more unbiblical way to live a life than that. Sometimes the Lord will say, don't do that. And culture says, but trust your heart. I, for one, will trust what God says about my heart, the one who created it, the one who gives me emotions. I will pray, Lord, don't let me follow my own will and my own desire, but change my heart. Lord, I want to follow my heart because it's following you. Do you know that Scripture tells us that when we pray and we ask, God will give us the desires of our heart? Think about that for just a second. God's desire is that your heart's desire be fulfilled. How how does that take place in our lives? It's not by us trusting our heart. It's by saying, God, Fill my heart's desire with your word and with your will. Lord, let my heart be in sync with your heart. Let me ask and seek after your will. The truth is our own plans lead us astray. They leave us wondering. Listening to to people's advice will will lead us off the wrong track. Following our emotions and following our heart will will sometimes get us good results, sometimes bad results. It's it's a toss-up. It's deceitful. But following what God says in His Word, seeking His will for our lives, never lets us down. God's will will keep you flourishing. So as we get ready to wrap up this morning, how do we seek after God's will? How do we know what God's will is? The first and most important way that we understand what God wants for our lives is by reading the words we know He's speaking Picking up our Bible and reading it regularly. If you want to know what God has for your life, you start by reading Scripture. 
Because of all the leadings that God has in your life, the only one you can 100% be sure is the voice of God is the Bible. So if you want to know what God's will is for your life, start there. People ask me all the time, where should I start, Pastor? I don't care, and neither does God. Read it. There's 66 books in there. He wants you to read all of them. Right? So pick one to start and start reading. I like to start in one of the Gospels. Normally I start in John. John's 21 chapters. That gives you three weeks if you read a chapter a day. And someone pointed out to me recently that John chapter 1 kind of has some wordage that's confusing. The Word became flesh and the flesh existed forever and dwelt among us. And you go, what in the world is going on? It's okay. Start in Matthew. Mark, start in Luke. <laughs> Pick one. Right? Read the Bible. When we are immersed in what God has to tell us, we know for certain that this is His will for our lives, we start to see things more clearly. Secondly, how do we know what God's will is? Pray about it. And I don't just mean say the words and forget about it, but earnestly seek God's will. The the Lord speaks to us in many ways. I'm enjoying our Sunday school lessons over the last few weeks as, as Monty is leading us through listening to the voice of God. And the truth is, God speaks to you in more ways than reading. Sometimes it is a thought or a heart impulse, but those thoughts and heart impulses we can't trust as sure as we can Scripture, can we? We know the Bible is the Word of God. Uh, a heart impulse, that may lead us astray. So we, we pray earnestly, Lord, open a door and close it. Make it sure. I don't know, I'm feeling this, but I'm uncertain. Show me in your Word if that's wrong, or show me in your Word if that's right. If it's not clear in Scripture, maybe God doesn't say, take the job over here. (laughs) Maybe God doesn't say specifically, marry that person. Maybe God doesn't answer it in black and white, wear the purple shirt, right? Instead, we pray, Lord, show me, reveal to me, and earnestly seek and beg that God would make your decisions clear. Lord, through the circumstances in life, closed doors I don't need to go through and open doors that, that you want me to go through. Make it abundantly clear, and I earnestly am seeking, reveal it to me. Pray regularly. This us pouring our heart out to God, I don't know, but you do. What I found is in doing that often, God closes doors quickly. Or he opens doors wide open. Sometimes, though, sometimes he leaves options open. And so the third thing we do, after we've read Scripture first... After we've earnestly sought the Lord in prayer, show me clearly. The third thing we do, and it is always the third thing we do, is then, because God is leading us, then you trust your gut. Not before Scripture, not before prayer, but after you've said, Lord, I've exhausted everything else. What do you want me to do? I believe there are times that God says, just take a step, and I'll take it from there. There's been times in my life I've had options open, Option A, option B. I pray, I read scripture, I see nothing clearly, and I take a step towards option A, and it's in that step of faith that God closes it. Just take a step. Just trust if you're seeking God, He is going to lead you. Our problem is not that we we don't want to follow God. Our problem is we get things out of order and we want to follow our heart first. What do you follow when you're making difficult decisions in life? Are you putting your faith and trust primarily in your own emotions, in your own heart? Are you making your priority what other people say? Are you listening to to the wisdom of man above all else? Or are you studying Scripture, seeking God's will in prayer, and asking Him to reveal truth to you through His Word? 
this morning, I would encourage you not to follow your heart. I would encourage you to follow God who created your heart. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for how you work in our lives and how you speak to us. Lord, remind us that the only voice from you we can trust with certainty is your word. So Lord, let us, let us immerse ourselves in reading your word first and foremost. Or if there's ever a thought or a decision that, that is contrary to what you teach in your word, let us quickly understand definitively that is not your will. Lord, as you give us difficult decisions to make, Lord, give us wisdom to seek you. Lord, thank you for putting people in our lives to, to give us guidance and advice. Thank you for, for giving us instincts and emotions. Lord, they're part of how you created us. Lord, above all else, before we listen to anything else, let us get on our knees and let us beg for your wisdom. Lord, I thank you for times that you've opened and closed doors and made it clear. Lord, I thank you for times that you've not made it clear because you forced us into action. Lord, let us walk in faith and every step we take, ask again, Lord, is this the step? Is this the right way? Constantly seeking your word, constantly seeking you in prayer, Lord, always seeking your will. Father, lead us, let us follow you who created our emotions, who created our hearts, who created us to make difficult decisions. It's in your name we pray, amen.